Welcome to Real Estate Unscripted, where each week we connect no-nonsense, let's get it done, realtors and lenders from across the country who want to grow our businesses and stay motivated with timely topics and experts in our fields. I'm your host, Marjorie Adam. Let's get started. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Real Estate Unscripted. I'm super excited to have today a super wonderful realtor that I've known for quite some time, Christy Neidhart. Christy, say hi. Hi, how are you? Fantastic. So let me tell you a little about Christy. Christy is in Annapolis, Maryland, which is a beautiful town, not that far away from me, which means it's ridiculous that we haven't seen each other in years. She has been a realtor for 20 years this May. So she's a veteran realtor. She's been through it as well. And she's with Northrop Realty, which she joined in 2018. What's your favorite part about being a realtor? The people. Yes. And you can still say that after 20 years. That's pretty amazing. The worst part about real estate is people. <laughs> yes, yes. When you've done it long enough, right? When people, yes. I love to look at houses. I'm like, you're new, aren't you? Not that it's not still fun, right? Or the people, it's like, depends on the day. I mean, again, doesn't matter what the industry is, but most people, fantastic. We were so lucky to work with them. And then, of course, as everyone knows, there's some that you're like, who dokies? So three month process and then we're done. Yeah. (laughs) It's been great working with you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Right. So we'll talk about your team a little bit. So it's you. You have a full time administrative assistant named Robin, and she is virtual. Yes. We used to be in the same town. And then during COVID, she moved an hour and a half away. And so we've been doing things virtually. And it's worked out really well. She's happy, doesn't commute an hour a day anymore. And it's been awesome. And she takes care of things like your email, contract to close, marketing. So she's really a jack of all trades, does many things for you. Yes, she That's does. Very good. And then you have a full-time realtor, Debbie, and then a part-time realtor who's pretty new. Penny, shiny Penny. Yes. I can't even read my own writing. So there you go. <laughs> okay. So you have a smaller team, which mm-hmm. have you always had a smaller team? No, I had a bigger team before, but now I like to be more of a ninja style team. So everybody's really good at what we do. And then we've got one person that we're always training and bringing up in the ranks and who helps us out with some of the stuff. So running around stuff. Yeah, I agree. Now, again, to each their own. There are people that are kind of meant to have big teams or offices and everything, which is there's no right or wrong way by any means, except that if you're going to have a larger team, you better be really good at managing them and being there for all of that. So... Let's talk about you a little bit. So you, I've known, you are a pretty calm character, right? Like you are very even keel. You are always have a great attitude, which I think is something fantastic about you. Always a smile on your face. Doesn't mean you're not tough. Don't get me wrong. You ain't no pushover. So right. when I was talking with you, it's like your attitude and you said confidence. I think that's super important. But why is it so important to have a realtor that's confident? It's a great question. It's super important because it's a major financial decision in life, right? It's one of their biggest assets, if not the biggest asset. And it's also where they live. It's where they love. It's their home. Like see a little sign behind me, home is joy, love, friends, all of those things. So if you are not confident in your guidance with them and show that to them, it puts them on unease and then things start to get weird, right? So you always want to be extremely confident Genuinely, you need to know what you're doing and and give good advice and be confident in that. But to show that outwardly too is super important in real estate. I agree. And I think there's a difference as well between competence or confident and ego. You don't exude any ego, which I think when you're 
good at what you do and you've done it a long time and you are confident, you don't have to come across as egotistical, right? It's not all about you. It's what you can do for them. And that's something that I've always felt when I'm around you, right? Is you're, mm-hmm. you're a calm presence, but you're tough and you are confident, but there's no like the ego of look at me. That is not you at all. Yeah. So I love that. So the market's changed ooh, a tiny bit. Right. Yeah. Just a little. And the last couple of days, probably last couple of years, but let's talk about what's working. So one thing that I think is super important is you're very clear on what's working, which is absolutely true. Who is selling right now or moving? You have to, people have to move are the ones who are selling. So we're concentrating our efforts on finding those people. And And give me some examples of those people. Sure. Those people. <laughs> we live in an area with a lot of military folks coming in and out, PCSing because we're close to Fort Meade and Naval Academy and all of that. So we have a lot of teachers also for Naval Academy coming in and out. So job related, they're also unfortunately in divorces. So end of something happening. Sometimes it's a happy thing and their family has grown. They can't work at home and have another bedroom for extra kids and things are just getting out of control. So sometimes they have to move for family growth. A lot of folks need for mobility purposes to move to a different type of home. So it doesn't have to be downsizing, but it could be just one level living and moving out of the big home into that for health reasons. Sometimes building a home out of state. So they come to the place where they need to sell their asset here back in Maryland and also estate sales, something I've really grown into and leaned into in recent history. So the have to move, when it's true, if you don't have to move right now, and if it was, we talk about it, like if you bought in the last couple of years and you got a 2.65% interest rate, you might not be moving. And if you aren't sure right now with inventory being low and you're not sure where you're going to go, you don't have to get somewhere. It's much harder to put your house on the market knowing, yes, you can do great on a sale, but where are you going to go? Hence a lot of our inventory shortage. So you're exactly right. Who has to move and whoever's listening in whatever state, it can be different. Like you might be in an area with no military transfers. Pretty sure you're not in an area with no divorces or downsizers or people getting transferred for work. Or we have a lot of family wanting to be closer to family, grandparents moving closer to grandkids. So either coming here or leaving. So those transferees, those downsizers, they all have to move. We'll always have to move. Doesn't matter what the market is. Mm -hmm. So paying attention to who's moving and why is key in this market. So And one other that I did forget to mention is second homes. We live in an area where a lot of waterfront and folks are moving out of the city, like out of DC area, or even out of New York and New Jersey and moving. They're like, if I have to work from, if I can't work from home, I don't have to commute like something once or week or once a month. Why not have this view 1.5 million condo I had in DC? Why don't I look out at the water and do that? So we had quite a few folks who bought places. They planned to Airbnb and or completely move here and live here, but also cash assets too right now. So they're not getting a loan for the next place and they want to put their money into something that's going to grow as an investment. Right now, real estate is looking really attractive. So that is another area I forgot to bring up with you earlier. So I'd like to look at the water. Like, I mean, I'm sorry, if 90 90 buildings are the water, I'm going to pick the water. Yeah. Annapolis, definitely good crabs. I mean, come on, what's the downsize there? So really nice. So let's talk about some of your niches or some of the things you've paid attention to, which again is, You just heard the different people moving. So let's talk about estate sales. What have you been really focusing on there? I sort of really love these. They're a lot of work, but they're so rewarding in the end most of the time. So I started working with the referring folks to go into estate sales because a lot of times with estate sales, people are moving. And so I 
started building really thinking that would be a great niche to build in, became really good friends and started to just kind of love on one particular estate sale company. And she started to be my best referral partner. So I literally each year I'd gotten like between seven to 10 listings from her alone. So that's a great referral partner, right? No brainer. Yes. And then through that, I started to just learn about estate sales. They have a lot of different needs. So we learned that a lot of times they, figuring out what to do with the stuff is the biggest thing. So if you have family involved and someone's passed away, or a lot of times downsizing too, but we'll talk about the pass away one. There's emotional attachment to a lot of belongings. So we'll meet with a PR personal representative or whoever is in charge of the estate and say, we found that to preserve your relationship with your siblings or whoever else is involved, give them a set time frame to come get things out of the home and make it at least three weeks out. So if not longer, but set a deadline and don't make it a year out either. So it's like three weeks to three months. We have to put mom's house in the market. She's passed away. We need to move forward so it doesn't sit there and decompose, right? So let the family give them opportunity. If they don't get there, then it's on them. But at least you gave them the opportunity to get in there. Then we have to have an estate sale if, if it's stuff in there warrants it and line up the company for that and then clean out the house. So there's a lot of belongings in there. And then we'll talk to the family up front too about, well, if we did some things like painting the whole house, because also have to take down pictures, you can see the ring <laughs> behind it because it's been so long since they painted carpets, things like that. So usually about $15,000 will help net them with those things done, $50,000 more in the sales price. So we offer it as an option and educate them say, if you would like, and I know getting money from a state or from you and figuring that out with the state is difficult, we can front the money for up to $15,000 with the agreement to be reimbursed at closing, get the house in better condition, stage it with furniture, and for sure, knock it out of the park with competitiveness in our current market, right? So it's a big win. And then the house looks beautiful and all those things. So that chain of events has really been meaningful. And also to really love on the folks who are doing this, because it is an emotional sale for them most of the time. And just say, I cannot believe what you're taking on and how graceful you're doing all of this, or I understand why you're stressed, because this is a lot. Like this is so much to take on and you are doing an amazing job. Just one step at a time, one day at a time. We're here to hold your hand through the whole thing. So just doing that and getting the word out. And then through another friend who's a financial planner, I learned about a Maryland estate planning council. So it's run through our community foundation. So it makes sense. They have people who they liked to get with a lot of money to donate things to back to the community. So they created this council, but it's a great network of other financial planners, accountants, the registry of wills person is in there as well. Just a holistic, everyone who deals with this industry. And she told me, she said, we don't usually have real estate agents in here because we feel like they're going to jump on people. <laughs> so, but we know your style, we know your resources. So please come in and please share what you do. So once you do a good job and get to have a turnkey product for someone, that's been a great niche for us. So I think two things on that, right? So one, look for this estate planning council, if there is one in your area and they'll let realtors in. But a lot of times, so when people are like, well, they won't let me in. Well, then make one. If you can't join one, then really work on establishing relationships with the estate sales people, with the attorneys and the financial planners and create one of your own and say, I'd love to have a group where we can help each other. So I think the bar to entry might be you can't get in, but that doesn't mean you can't connect with the people and, and create a mastermind or a group to really help each other. Yeah. So obviously, if people are moving because they have a need, what a great way to spend your time effectively, right? To get in front of those people. So the fact that you got in because you're cool is awesome. But sometimes, right? <laughs> it's true. I mean, again, yeah. the nicest way possible, because we are realtors, a lot of times people think of us like used car salesmen or that we're going to just bother people or whatever it may be. So not all of us by any means, but I think if there is that barrier to entry, then figure out another way. 
right? Mm -hmm. It's not just, well, it didn't work. Well, then meet people that you can make that work with. So can I share one more thing? It kind of goes into downsizing, but it ties into the same industry. So in the fall, we were planning an event. I saw these home shows going on and I figured out who runs them. And I approached them and I said, I want to do a different version of this. I want to do this for seniors who are looking to go into independent senior living committees because senior living communities have sales reps. When they go in, they say, well, I need to sell my house and they connect them with a realtor most of the time. I want to be that realtor. So how do I get into that niche? So if I can create an event that showcases each of the larger communities that people can move into, because I just went through this with my aunt and I'm going to go through it with my parents of there's so many different communities out there and options, and it takes so long to figure out which one's the best fit and why, because everyone else is doing this and spent 45 hours doing it. If we can collect all that and package it, and put it out there. And the community sales rep knows that I help bring them people, right? So the natural circle of giving is to give back eventually. I'll win them over, right? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So that's going to be our fall event is to do something like that. And to bring in other resources, like from the estate planning council, the other financial planners, the other estate sale companies, what to do with the stuff. So we can do a whole menu of classes that can go on during this day and also have the senior living facilities come up and show the differences that they each have. There's each one of them has strengths. And I got to speak at one locally for a community here that that's what they do. They bring yeah. in like a financial planner and an attorney and a realtor that explains prepping the house and why it matters and, and people that will come in and help them move and downsize. So, I mean, yeah. I think having an event or keying into communities and saying, how can I help you? Or how can I be a resource for you? and vice versa, I think is super important. So that estate sale company, those estate companies, and then you also mentioned your price point, you've kind of been growing your price point, which all realtors are like, yes, please. How have you grown that price point, right? Maybe as you hit 40, some as your clients have grown in life, so do you, but how have you marketed and obtained higher price point listings? Sure. So over the last three years, we've gone from a 450 average sales price to a 750 average sales price. Now, granted, our county has probably gone from 350 to 400. So there has been some natural, but we pretty much doubled our average sales price. So what I learned to do is when I have a really nice listing or a good price point, I'll market the heck out of it on social media. So I do a video around um, 30 second property tour, just anything to really highlight it, send out a postcard, to publish the review, like everything I can do to possibly get this thing out there with me attached to it is wonderful. And if you don't have that with your own listings, if someone else there has one who allow you to do that, use that leverage, right? But always showcase those bigger listings in a much more blow them up, right? So make sure everybody knows that you were part of this attached to it. And then the next one comes along and then you've got two and then you've got three. And then it just starts to be attached to you as a person. of she's really good at this. She's an expert. She does a great job. So that over time and expires, I've heard other people doing this with expires. They'll go after one that was like way overpriced, ridiculous. See, maybe it's a $3 million property. It's really worth one and a half or two, but when the expired and then sell it, and then that's your high-end listing that you start off with too. Yeah. I mean, I think it's also proving that you're an expert. It's like that show don't tell. Like we can all say I'm an expert. I'm an expert. But when people hear your name and they go on your website and they see sold properties that are like theirs, when they go on Zillow and you've got sold properties that are in their price point, they see that you're an expert. But the hard part is getting in, right? Breaking into it when you aren't that expert. And so, yes, you do open houses. If they have high dollar open houses, no one wants to do their own open houses, go there. The more visible you are, right? Mm -hmm. You show you're an expert. So yes, 
the video, the 30 second clip that just sold on social media, asking your client to share on social media that they share you is, Hey, I trust this person. They know what they're doing. So I think that's excellent because a lot of people want to do it, but there's not necessarily a strategy for it. And I think success breeds success, right? So you doing it and then showing you did it and doing it again. And then you're the expert of this area or you're the waterfront expert or whatever it is that you can actually have. And then you actually have to know, like, you can't just, I took a pretty picture. And so now I'm the expert. And then you're like, but I don't know a damn thing, right? You got to know the neighborhood. You got to know the stats. You got to know the whys. So you got to do the work. But I think, yeah, social media has a lot of video and well done. Not like a video that someone's like, well, that's really bad. Go tour those homes too. Like if there's a broker's open, always go to the high-end broker's opens to get to know the inventory and the other homes out there and the price points. You can get more confidence around, am I pricing this correctly? If it's something that's out of your normal realm. Yeah. Yes. Well, good on you. You do one thing that I think is a great idea that people do, and and it's the business gratitude happy hour. So there is no reason that anyone listening, I don't care if you're a lender, I don't care if you're a realtor, I don't care if you're a financial advisor, whoever you are listening to this podcast, you should be doing a business gratitude happy hour. So talk about that. Sure. And in full disclosure, Marjorie taught me how to do this too. (laughs) But it's literally been a $10 million producer for us year after year after year or more. Yeah. A $10 million (laughs) producer. So if you're driving, pull over. If you're sitting, get out a notebook because I'm sorry, a $10 million producer is not only a relationship generator, but an income producer. So I did want to not gloss over that. <laughs> sure. So you start writing down all the people who help support you in your transactions. So whether it's the electrician, the chimney inspector, the insurance provider, the lenders are easy, right? Title companies are easy to pull them in. You can have more than one from each industry. Estate sale companies was a big one for me. My marketing person, she gets a lot of business from this thing too. And just everyone and anyone. And we've built our list up to 50 people that we invite. It takes a while to get there. So you start small and you work your way up. Every other month, we send out an invite and we also make phone calls. Great reason to reach out and build that relationship again. The flower provider too is another one and say, Hey, we're having a gratitude happy. I would love to invite you out just to say thank you for everything you've done for our team over the years or, or the past transaction that you helped us out with. You're new to kind of our group and we'd love to invite you in. Please come and hang out with us, have some appetizers, mocktail, cocktail on us, and get to know some of the other folks who are great trusted resources of ours. I'd love to connect you with. So then they show up and we built it up. We've got between 20 to 25, 30 people who show up at any given time, any given one. We hold them for one hour. Then I leave. So I show up half an hour early. I order for some appetizers, throw them on some tables in the bar area, and then just let the bartender know that anyone who comes up from our group, just give me the bill at the end of the day. No one's abused it. If someone did, I do drink tickets, but we have a, a good, respectful crowd. And then we go around the circle, the horn, once everyone's pretty much gotten there and we say, Please introduce yourself and say who you are, what you do. And then after they do that, I'll gratify them in some way or edify them. So I'll say, I just want you to know that Aaron just did this amazing Facebook post for us that just got 200 likes and we'd never tried that before. And if anyone is thinking about doing that, connect with her tonight. We just kind of do that going around the horn. Or my insurance provider is a broker. If you have issues, you can call and ask without having a ding on your record. Just a really good resource to know that just kind of going around the horn that way. And then I also tell people before they show up, is there someone that you'd like me to introduce you to some business? And if I don't have it, it gives me a reason to reach out and invite someone, right? And start a relationship. 
Or when they're there, who can I introduce you to that you just don't feel comfortable walking up in a room of people you don't know and kind of connect the dots. And then inevitably, uh, someone always reaches out in advance and says, hey, I'd like to sponsor this for you. I'm like, no, this is a gratitude happiness. My thank you to you, not you thanking me. So please show up and enjoy. And it's just grown and nice relationships have formed out of that as well. And people always say, I love coming to your happy hours because I get to meet all these great people. Yes. So if anyone who's listening doesn't do this, you're a crackhead, (laughs) right? Because we know we should do happy hours and connections, but happy hours are hard and people are like, well, I don't drink. Okay. So I don't really drink that much either. So you have a mocktail, you have a cocktail, they can have a soda. It's a gratitude happy hour, right? And that's amazing in itself because you're saying thank you. And then you also say, who do you know that I should know? Bring them so we can connect them with the group. If they're great at what they do, what a great resource. And then to me, it's genius. Not only is it fun. I love that you're also like, peace out. It's an hour and you're like, see ya. So you don't have to spend 52 hours there. You can stay as long as you want. You sponsor it, which is also very smart, right? Because if it starts being sponsored by others, it's no longer your gratitude event. And you can cap it certainly every other month and you're thanking them. And so we do quarterly happy hours for all of our past clients. So think about, I can do two quarterly happy hours, right? One for my clients and everything to say, thank you to get back in front of them, anyone in process. And then the second one is the gratitude happy hour is genius. So anyone who doesn't do that, or is like, oh, I don't see enough people. Hello. Because we talk about all the time, you've got your team, right? Your core team that we talked about yours. and, And I have my core team. Your secondary team is everybody that gets you through a purchase or a sale. And you're right. It's from the handyman to the termite inspector. It can be whoever that does a great job, takes great care of you, prioritizes you. Like our painter always will get to us first. We need to say thank you, like our house cleaner. So who is it that we can connect them with? Because everybody needs these things. And the better we take care of them. And sometimes we help them too, right? Sometimes they're great at what they do, but they're not that organized. So we can say, hey, here might be a great way for you to work on this system. Or here's a great way for you to advertise. I'll send a letter out to all my clients about you. Like a business gratitude happy hour. So I'm going to be really upset if I call anyone who listens to this and they aren't doing that, I'm going to be like, shame on you, shame on you. So we've had a bit of a market shift, right? We'll call it a little bit of a downturn. Now you said something to me earlier that I 100% agree with. And I think this is where people miss out. So first, obviously it's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to freak out. All those things totally makes sense. And we all get like our moment, like we can have a pity party, like half hour a day. Let's give them up to a day. But they've got to pay attention to The downturn is where we do things like implement or add systems or whatever it is that we then gain market share as the market shifts, right? Everyone who disappears, like if you think of like a little turtle, like visually a little snail or a turtle and you go into your shell and you disappear and everyone's like, where'd she go? Where's she at? Right? Like instead of you're really paying attention to being the expert and being very visible and positive, not egotistical. And then the market shifts. And bam, there you are, right? Like you stand out. So you're exactly right. If you're disappearing, turtling right now, (laughs) which sounds weird, but you know what I'm saying, right? If you kind of go hide, right? You go bury your head in the sand and say, but not Christy. Christy is exploding. So let's talk about some things. And I'm an ultimate agree with you on this. Like we did the same thing. So you and I both, and I think many people are paying attention to it right now, are really working on our branding. 
So I think that is super important. Your branding is certainly your logo and it's what you say and where you say it and how you get things out. So let's talk about different things you've been doing now. You had told me your radio station just changed, right? So branding on the radio is super important, but your local station just kind of morphed, right? But so branding now for you, one of the things, videos. Now we've done a couple of podcasts on videos and everyone's like, oh no. But for you, videos, why are they so important? So I watched someone in our market go from zero to like being the number one luxury person in our area. And I would ask people like, why does everyone follow him and like him? And why are people working with him? And the number one answer was, well, I feel like I know him. I see him on video all the time and he's super educational. He's really nice. And I feel comfortable. So we call him (laughs) like, okay, that's great advice. Now I'm going to implement that. Right. So how do I do that? So I went and learned from one of the, went to a seminar for about social media marketing to really get good at it. Went to one of the best in the country and found out that the algorithms for the people who are in your sphere who are buying and selling, where do they hang out social media wise? For me, I have a little bit of an older crowd. So it's mostly Facebook and it's some Instagram. And for some people, it's all Instagram. For some people, Instagram and TikTok, or it might be Twitter or YouTube is another one. Start gearing that way. So with Facebook, we're linked so that anything we post on Facebook also posts to Instagram. So it's easy, no brainer. So we covered two with one swath. And I found that used to be that with Facebook, that you would post for the best algorithm once a day on your Facebook page. Now, if you post it once a day, some big post, people get annoyed and they stop watching you or they don't pay as much attention on average. So now the algorithm is kind of switched to two to three high quality posts on Facebook, which again, pull through to Instagram a week. So two to three a week, but you're posting to the story, your storyline once a day. So that way that reel kind of stays in front of folks and to do that. And you can put video on there, but always do subtitles if you do, because people don't listen to the sound or they're on their work can't while they're doing that for various reasons. So that's important. So, and then the other thing is the two to three really high quality posts to do them on YouTube as a longer version. So you would have like a 10 to 15 minute video that you do, and it could be a much longer property tour video. It could be a, everything you need to know about septic systems. We have a lot of them here by the water and it's a big deal money-wise if you have to replace them anything, right? It could be why Annapolis? Why do I love Annapolis kind of thing? You can take that 10 minute video and you can create little 30 second or shorter snippets that can be your longer, your bigger posts on Facebook, pull through to Instagram. I was never an Instagram person until just a month ago when I started doing this. The things that pull through to Instagram, then I have all these random people I don't know starting to follow me. And I didn't know that happened, but that's how it explodes. And that's how people (laughs) get in front of people. So I'm like, it worked. <laughs> right? Like, yes, they're following me. Yay. Which they're is following. the whole goal, right? Like, it's not, them. Yeah. it's not for just our friends to be like, that's so pretty, right? Which right. is really, if you think about yeah. it, you're like, you're entertaining the people that know you. No, no, no. We're trying to get in front of those that don't. But I think a strategy is what's important, right? Because I think for a lot of realtors, and I say this so lovingly, but it's kind of boring, right? Like, yeah. just listed, just sold, just list. important because we're showing that we're effective, but it's not necessarily, if I'm not looking to buy or sell right now, it's not that entertaining. So really having the strategy and then really maximizing, right? Instead of having to come up with 600 ideas, if I can do a five or 10 minute video and then get an entire week of reels or whatever out of it, right? So if I can just reuse, why would I not do that? And just, like I said, paying attention. You also said for you, your posts, that you also divide them into thirds. Tell us about the thirds on the posts. Sure. So this 
comes back to the, the major premise that people like to shop with friends. They like to shop for homes with friends. So I want someone to feel like they know me and they know my personality and they want to be my friend through this. And that's what's happened with the guy who's the top, the one that I was modeling after. I'm like, how did he do this? That's how he did it. He created unknowingly friends. <laughs> People wanted to be his friend. Felt like they were friends already. So it's a third educational so like teaching people about things, it just gives them a good confidence in your knowledge base. So think of it from that perspective. It could be the post we're going to do next is first quarter in the past 10 years, which year has had the lowest number of home sales in the first quarter? This one. The lowest is this one. The highest is 2020. Yeah. Right? So if you're using Warren Buffett's motivation for when people are fearful, there's opportunity, right? So people are fearful of selling right now. If you're in a position to sell right now, it is a huge opportunity. So you go to listing appointments and someone says, well, it's the lowest number in 10 years. So I'm not going to sell right now. So, oh, it's actually the opposite. It's a perfect opportunity for you to capitalize where other people are fearful you are going to win. So that's an educational post, right? That would gain confidence that I know what I'm doing and that I've changed people's perspective on something. So that's an example of one. The second is your and. It's your what makes you you. It's your personality. What makes you unique. So I also learned to change my description to I'm a licensed real estate agent and I'm an unlicensed woman of faith, voter, family member, foodie. So it's it's telling what are the things that make you you, that you like to do, that you enjoy, that other people might resonate with and want to bond with you over. And so it's doing posts about that. Like I am big on service and giving back. So I'll post something about what my Rotary Club project was last week or a restaurant that I went to that had really good pizza that I didn't know about in the past or some event in downtown Annapolis. It was super fun. We do sock burning the first day of spring. Who does that? Right? So sock, like your socks? You burn your socks because you're a boater and you don't like wearing socks in these shoes. So when spring comes, you like to burn your socks or we do in Annapolis. It's, it's a weird thing. I know. <laughs> okay. It's highlighting these things or me out on a boat, big dog mom person. So it's, but it's whatever is you, right? It could be that you like to go shoot guns. It could be that you, I don't know what you're like to work out at the gym all the time. It's, it's what makes you unique and you. So that's the other third. And the last third is things that are aspirational. So it's either inspiring them with a quote or something or a story, or it could also be for some people's lifestyle. So that's not me. It's not my personality, but for some people showing them with the new car that they bought or a lifestyle choice of some kind for status. That's how the Kardashians have gotten big. Everyone's different, right? It's not my style. It's more inspiring people is the direction I'm taking with that third. So so if you wanted to do like demotivational quotes, that could be... <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> because I always laugh, right? But everyone's like, you got this. And I, I've always just wanted to be like, give up. It ain't for you. <laughs> right? Like, how can we just completely be like, not today? Right? Yeah. Like, so right. I think, we, I mean, I'm a little quirky. I think maybe that could be my third, right? Like, yeah. yep. not for you, pumpkin. Right? So I can, maybe not. But I think that really... Whatever, again, that positive message is for you, whether it's quote from books, whether it's things that motivate you, whether it's something funny. Like, I think that, again, it's whatever, because people relate differently. Like, I have a lot of Facebook friends that will post like super funny, sarcastic. My kid, of course, will be yeah. like, it's a boomer, me and mom. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> it makes me laugh, right? Like, so I enjoy that. I don't need anything else to bum me out. I don't need anything else to be like, this sucks. It's like, I need stuff that cracks me up, right? That I'm like, that is hilarious. Right. So I think that whatever that third of inspiration is, is also part of what makes you uniquely you. Yeah. Right. Well, so. For the inspiration thing too is, and 
I was like, when the, someone posted this as like things not to do and to make fun of, I'm like, I totally do that. I was like, I <laughs> my head in my hand. They're like, so if it's Veterans Day, you just happy Veterans Day or National Women's Day, happy National Women's Day, happy Easter. They're like, who would do that? Everyone does that. I'm like, oh, I did this. To yeah, I think we all do it. So as an example, National Women's Day, who's a woman who is super inspiring to you or someone from a historical is really just is amazing that people may not know about post about them. Happy national women's day. My mom has been such a huge influence in my life. Shout out to her. Here's why veterans day. I have a friend who's a veteran and I've never really said thank you to them publicly on Facebook. And I wanted to explain their service and what they've done for our country and my freedoms that I have. And so it's taking something that seems mundane that we all do and just dial it up a notch. right? Right use it on steroids and then people get to know you through your stories like that. That's the friend shopping with a friend. That's how you're going to yeah. get out there. Agreed that you're an expert, right? That you can relate to that. They're going to like you. They can trust you and that, yeah, they know you. I mean, that's the whole thing. It's like, it used to be the friend thing was signs. Like you'd put your picture on their sign, right? And everyone's like, <laughs> oh, I see your signs everywhere. I'm like, oh, okay. Right. Like, so that visibility, but I think now it's also with, I feel like what you're doing, I can relate to you. I trust you. Right. And I think that's the key that everyone who hates doing video or doesn't want their picture out there. It's like, they have to feel like they know you. If you're invisible and unknown, it's harder. So I think, yes. So there's a plan in the social media, which I like. Mm -hmm. So you're not bombarding me. So I'm like, well, her again, but I'm not like who that, right? So I think you've got a good mix of that. So I've known you a long time. One thing I know you're super good at, because I have been the benefit of it is gifting. Now this is sort of in your person, right? Like you naturally, when you connect, there are people that naturally, first of all, there's natural refers, which I think only like negative 5%. Most people aren't like if we all were, it would be easier. But like, if I eat like a good donut, I'm going to tell the whole, you better go eat this donut, right? Like I'm a connector in that way. I think some of us are also good gifters. You see something you're like, oh, I know that person would love that. Or they said they like that. Unfortunately, too many of us just don't key into that. So there has to be a system behind it, right? So most of us have to do like on our client consultations, we have to do an all about you form so that we remember things. You just are listening for that at all time, which is a thing in your personality. So I think you are one of the few that can buy personality through your consultations and everything, implement a gifting plan. Most of you, not so much. You better have a plan (laughs) because you're not necessarily listening. So for you though, it is. And so you talk about one of your gifting kind of in your plan is you gift it like wow factors or wow points in a purchase or sale. So give us some examples of what those are so that you, you guys gift. Yeah. So these are a blanket across the board and Robin, my right-hand person admin facilitates all this. So when we sign a listing agreement or a buyer is under contract, we send a little box of Godiva chocolates to their house. And I was telling Marjorie, Often I'll get a call from one of the spouses who says, please don't tell the other one that this came because I ate them all before they got home, <laughs> which is perfect. It's so, awesome. Yeah. You're like, okay, I won't tell or send another right. box, right? But I'm so. glad you appreciated it. Yeah. yeah. So those have been a big hit, um, but something to celebrate that moment, right? And then at the very end, and I've learned this Marjorie too, is to do pizza. So we have a pizza order form that we take to settlement with us. Or if they're signing remotely, send it out in advance. It just says, pick your day. It could be a moving day when you like a pizza order delivered, pick out your toppings. It's on this little form. And if you'd like two liter of soda or water or whatever you want to go with it, and then and toppings. And do you have a preferred 
place to get it. If not, we will find one, right? And so they do that. And then Robin sets that up and we pay the tip. They could be moving to Tennessee and it could be in Tennessee that they buy pizza and we're in Maryland. But people love that because it fulfills a need. They don't realize when they're moving, they forgot to worry about the food, their fridge isn't stocked and all those good things. So it's brilliant. Thank you, Marjorie, for that, that cool one. And then we do one more in the middle of the transaction that is not universal. And we call it this, the stress point. When did they hit their stress point? And you asked me, how do you know? I'm like, you know, because <laughs> so, they're stressed. <laughs> they go off the rails a little bit. And you're like, whoa, what just happened? Nothing to do with you most of the time, but people are under economic stress or financial stress. They're having to turn in all these loan documents or track down past things that they need for title clearing and they're packing and they're trying to work at the same time or maintain their family. And they, at some point, just get a little weird. <laughs> so... When that happens, some of our go-tos are flowers. So just, it's something that sticks around that they can look at it and calm them. And sometimes we send them a gift card or set up a massage appointment for them if they're open to that or a little gift basket of Epsom salts or and tea. Something like that is a good one. There's a company called Give Sunshine that has some really good options for that online. It's a little box that comes with a little plant in it, some tea and something else that you can pick. And it's under 50 bucks usually. And sometimes it's a six pack of beer, but if they're not drinkers or that's not appropriate, please stay away from that and just paying attention. And I always, I take notes, like when we're doing the listening appointment or the buyer consult, I'll write down whenever they say something, they may mention a sports team or wearing a t-shirt or a cap. I write that down, right? So there's also an intake form that Marjorie uses as a blanket, which is a much safer way to do this with your team members, (laughs) like make it a process, like... So write down things that they like, favorite restaurants, anything that they mention that might come up. And then it's easy to know how to gift to them in that way. Books. Someone's really depressed or having a bad day. I'll send them the energy bus from John Gordon, or there's just so many options out there with things like that. And I'll ask people, are you a reader first before I'll send them a book? Because sometimes it doesn't matter, but yeah. yeah. Be conscious about that. And then ongoing outside of the transaction, I'm trying to figure out social media and get much better at that. So I scroll through Facebook every morning for half an hour. It's on my calendar. It has a purpose. It's not just me having fun. It's me scouting for things that I can gift around. So if someone had a, God forbid, a dog passed away or a pet or someone's in the hospital or they just had a baby or someone graduated, the highs and lows, the big things in life, Send something to them around that. They bought a house from you 10 years ago, but you've stayed in touch with them over the years. And I can't tell you the impact that that has on folks is really quite amazing. And they're grateful for it. And it gives them a reason to talk about you to their friends again, right? Who might be moving. (laughs) So it has a purpose, but it also feels good to gift in that way. And can I give a challenge? People don't know how to do that or aren't wired to do that. Oh, do it. There's something called Grace Bomb. It's a movement that I'm part of. And I gave my team a while back, their little cards that you can order online, gracebomb.org. And it's basically a bomb, it changes things drastically, right? So a grace bomb, instead of a bomb of destruction is a bomb of construction. So it brings, it's building and bringing things together. So I gave them each $100, each of my team members and three grace bomb cards. And I said, go grace bomb the community, which means do something when you feel that tug of, you know, you saw the homeless person next to you, like, I wish you go home and you keep wrestling with it in your mind. I've given them something. Should I have gotten food for them? Like, that's the tug that we're talking about. Like, did you just see someone in need or... So 
you got a hundred bucks and three cards, go bring them to the team, go do whatever you want to do. This was before Christmas. We did this. So they came back and I said, tell me your favorite Grace Bomb story. So one of them prepaid SPCA adoption fee for somebody random. Somebody paid off layaway for a family at Walmart before Christmas. Somebody else sent food to a police district, to a, a precinct just randomly. And so they each had their own. And so, oh, I love this one. They all involve their kids mostly too. So one of their sons said, I want to buy a $25 gift card to Giant. I want to put it in the basket with a note that says, if you're in need of this, please keep it and use it. If you're not, please leave it for the next person. That's so sweet. (laughs) But all of them said at the end of that, that they became more in tune with people's needs and the needs of the community. So it retrained them how to think about gifting, if you will. And so from that point forward, their gifting stepped up a notch. So I just say that's a good way. If you want to do something, that's one way to kind of get into that cycle, if you will. I think that's fantastic. I know you talked to me about those. So was it before, was it Give Sunshine? Was that the- Sunshine. Okay, Give Sunshine. And then gracebomb.org, which is genius. And I think it doesn't have to be a holiday, right? I think Christmas time or Thanksgiving is a fantastic time. But even like you guys are like, okay, we have teams, realtors, lenders, whoever. And we really want to increase our gratitude and our appreciation and our giving back. It's a great way to do it. For me, one of my big things is if I go somewhere and I see military, then I buy their lunch. I don't tell them. So what are your ways that you can do really things that are very great for your soul. And I think I love also what you talked about in the purchase or sales stress points. Now we have some clients that every 30 minutes would be a stress point, but I think it is true. There can be per client, but come on, home inspection for seller, total stress point like loan application. And I'm not trying to be mean to the lenders. It just ain't fun, right? Like loan application is not fun. I've got to find this. I never know where my tax returns are. I don't know how to dial into this system. There's just some stresses. So I think if we can really systematize some of it as well and say, hey, this is a celebration time. Like also, how can we make closing more fun? Like I really want to go and get those like confetti guns, right? (laughs) The attorneys would borrow me, but I think big red carpet, confetti gun, bam, like make closing a celebration that it is, right? So How can we do things that inspire more fun in this? Otherwise, I mean, come on. Do you wake up and go, gosh, should I go to the beach or move, right? That is not how this works. So if we can really stand out appreciating them, but just make it more fun, right? If you're kooky, then make it fun. If you're not kooky, get a little kooky. But I just think (laughs) make it a little more fun. And also like you friend everyone on Facebook at closing or before, very smart because connecting with them there, they're just ways. And you don't have to make these ridiculously expensive. Like this doesn't have to be mass gifting. Godiva chocolate, that's not fantastic, but it doesn't have to be high cost. So everyone who's like, oh, we're trying to save money right now, send a card. You can do a $20 Domino's card at closing. So we've gone to Domino's cards because it got to be at the point where it was like, oh, closing got delayed or we didn't move till the next day. The mover didn't show up and we were like, oh, so now I do a very nice note and it says, please buy dinner on us. And we have gift cards if it's Domino's or wherever they're living that might be an appropriate place. Do take out on us because that way if things shift, they're not calling me going, the pizza didn't show up and it's Sunday. And I'm like, I'm not anywhere near you. So what are those things that you think about? Like if you're going through this, right? So maybe it's moving boxes during the transaction that you can give them. It's like, help you move, right? So there's just things that we really need to sit down and pay attention to, and we can stand out just in little ways, right? There's just things that we can do. And again, our goal is to thrive and take off. And frankly, mine is to provide that value I don't ever want someone to be like, what do we pay her for? Right. I want people to be like, go pay her. 
And I don't mean it's about the money, but I'm saying it's the value that we provide behind the service we're giving. And that's what I think is going to differentiate us forever, right? I think that's where we don't just become this commodity that we don't want to be. We're a service provider. So, and you are absolutely that too. And I think that's right now, look, if people aren't where they want to be right now, nobody is like, can you say like, oh, I couldn't handle another sale. I could, right? Like I more listed, sure. But what can we be doing then to set ourselves up for success 20 years moving forward, right? Like that's what we need to be thinking about too and what we're doing. And again, what is our branding is also, do we take quality photos? Do we have a logo, right? Like all of those things that make us professional that people should be paying attention to, right? Not going and spending a ton of money. But then another thing for you that I also want to make sure we cover before we end, because I can talk to you all day is client events. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about some of your client events. You just did one. So what's the event you just did? We just did a spring cleaning event and we did it close to Earth Day to kind of tie that in together. So we brought a shred truck out and I had some help from a lender <laughs> to bring that out. So it wasn't as expensive because right now money's tight, right, for everybody. So shredding and the shredded paper was recycled. And then we also took donations of books to give to a local organization called Books for International Goodwill. We took in donations to SPCA. So food, pet food, blankets, toys, all of that stuff. And winter clothing for a nonprofit called Just One Sweater. So we had said, and I branded it or sent out the message about it of, if you're doing spring cleaning, please come and bring your things. We've got a one-stop shop. You can just bring all these things here and we will get them to all those places. Or if you're getting your house ready for sale, it's also a great place when you're decluttering to bring your things. Guess what? It worked because somebody showed up and said, hey, Christy, bring in the stuff and we need you to set up an appointment with you to talk about listing our house because we're ready to downsize. Yes. Yeah. It works. And again, even if they're not right now, you're providing a service because again, how are we relevant to them until the next time they need us? You can only send so many postcards every month about how many houses you sell, which great, but how do we stay relevant? And for me, look, I'm trying to get rid of things. I want to help the community out. I can just tax time is done. I can shred all these things that I don't even know I keep anymore. I'm one of those keeper of receipts. Why? My husband's like, we don't need these. I'm like, but I feel like we do. So I can get rid of all of that. I can donate things, SPCA's towels and blankets and all these things that we all also keep for some reason, then we don't need them. Giving back, helping, and then you're providing a service. So not only that you get to see them, right? So Again, yeah, and it's a value to them. So I think that's genius. I love how you did it around Earth Day and that it's recyclable, but you also were able to help out local charities as well as connect with your clients. So that's genius. I think, again, everyone should do that. So maybe you have to do it in the fall or maybe, right, you do it for next spring, but ultimately it's connecting different people and it's not as costly as some big events that we used to do, right? So think about that in August. What are you doing in August? Barbecue and backpacks. So we partnered with a local organization, nonprofit that does backpacks for kids in schools. And they are identified by the the counselors in the schools. But anyway, so it's kids who are in highest need. So the backpacks of school supplies, the nonprofit buys them in bulk. It's $30, includes the backpack and all the supplies that are required for that grade. And the people show up for barbecue. And if they want to donate a backpack, donate $30. They can then walk through the line and stuff the backpack and write a little note of encouragement to the child who's going to receive it. They don't have to do that, but it's there as a goodwill. And at the end of the day, we get to take a picture of all the backpacks that are being donated and say thank you to all the clients and tag them who 
donated, right? We get to reach out to them in advance. It's a reason to make a phone call. It's not just, hey, you want to list your house. It's we'd love to see you come out for barbecue and we're going to do this thing for backpacks for the local school kids. And we'd love to have you come out, bring a friend, right? And some people show up. And then afterwards, if they didn't show up, I can call them and say, we're so sorry we missed you. But here's the results from the event or they came. Thank you so much. You have no idea the impact this has on the community for this one child or these five kids that you purchased backpacks for. Can you just imagine them the first day of school and getting to see this, right? So it's just like all of those touch points in addition to doing something good and getting to see all of your friends that you haven't seen in a while. Because I don't know about you, but over the years, I always feel like I wish I had more time to spend with people. But the events, it's just a good time to see them in person and connect again. And look, I care. So it matters to me what people do for the community. It does. I think if you're a steward of your community, it matters. And we are big stewards. We don't talk about it a lot. We don't do it for that recognition. But to me, it really matters. If I know that the business that I'm supporting gives back to the local community, that just makes me more inclined to send people and take care of them because that's like-minded with me. So the fact that we can do something that like, I'm sorry, who wouldn't, you're going to go have barbecue and you can do a backpack for a kid. Come on. Now that doesn't mean everyone probably does it, but they should. And what a way to also help the community. So I think anyone listening that thinks like the backpack and barbecue is genius. Every community has schools that need help. You talk to any teacher and there are teachers that dig into their own money to buy supplies for kids, which is unacceptable for me as well, because as teachers need to be paid more, but how can we give back? So how can we connect and give back? Really, it's your connecting and giving back, right? So how can someone do that in something they enjoy? So we just did goat petting, which was fantastic because I love me some baby goats. So we did it at a local farm and she is fantastic. Everyone here knows her and you get to sample cheese and then you get to buy cheese at her farm, but you go and I don't care if you're five or 90. I mean, I had at least 80 year olds that were loving life, right? Hanging out with these goats. I love the goats. And it was just fun to connect with a farm and have people see this local cool thing that we have here, as well as she now has more clients as well. I mean, she's super well known for this. I think she was in the Washington Post too, because people were like, look at this, just a way to have some fun and give back to our community and to our clients and connect with them. And plus to do something you love. Like if you don't love animals, maybe don't do this, but it's a great way to do things. So I think people need to think about how can I connect with my past clients? How can I team up with local organizations and how can I give back to my community? Right. We're supporting it's, it's, the local business too. I love that you said that too. We've yeah. done things in a vineyard before with no ties to social yes. anyway, but just people don't know this vineyard and it's amazing. It's beautiful. And they came out and like, we've never been here. How come? I'm like, that's why you're here. And I just think it's just a win-win. It just is, right? I think it's it's tying into the community. But so I think people listening. So what they need to think about first is what did we learn from you today? One, attitude of confidence is important, right? Paying attention to the market, who's moving and why, right? So you're really dialing into that. You're not sitting there going, whoa, it's me. You're going, here's a skill. I need to learn social media. I need to adopt and change. I need to do different things. You're always paying attention to your gifting. And even though the market's hard, you're still making sure to connect with your clients, right? And give back to your community. So it's a pretty great message for anybody that's listening, right? Is how can we be more like Christy? right? Let's do that, right? So I want to thank you. I know you're super busy so that you took time to join us today on Real Estate Unscripted. And I know there's a few things you just talked about that I'm stealing and doing. So hopefully everyone else is doing the same, but thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Marjorie. You're an amazing human being. And I thank you for being my coach in the past. And 
So glad to reconnect. It's good to see you. It's so good. We're going to hang out soon. We're going to eat some crabs. Real Estate Unscripted is sponsored by Alcova Mortgage. Alcova is committed to simplifying the mortgage process. Check out the tools we offer to realtors and homebuyers at alcova.com slash realtors. Alcova Mortgage, equal housing lender, NMLS ID number 40508, org. Before we go, please show us some love by subscribing on your listening platform of choice and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you share this with your friends and be sure to listen in next week. Until then, this is Marjorie Adam. Don't forget to check out the show notes for a recap. This podcast was made possible by listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support.